Good afternoon, I'm Logan Sizemore, and I'm joined by my friends Gabe Salida and Jake Miller, um, and we are here at AIM today with two very special guests. We have Christy King-Brock, who is the Executive Director, and Jordan Evans, um, who is VP of Programs here at AIM. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. So we're going to go ahead and ask you guys some questions about AIM, just your experiences here, um, kind of what your ministry does. So we'll go ahead and start with that and say... Um, we mentioned your positions. Would you tell us a little bit more about what you guys do? I'm the executive director, um, and I have been blessed to have been with this organization for the last 29 years. We'll be celebrating 30 years next year. Um, oh. When I started, it was um, everything. I was the only employee. I was one of those uh, full-time, part-time people. You're paid part-time, and you work yeah. full-time. Yeah. Um, but we are blessed now to have a staff of 16 full-time and four part-time as well as a VISTA program where we can use six VISTAs, and we also use the AARP. So we've really grown. Could you explain a little bit about what VISTA is? Oh, yes. VISTAs is Volunteers in Service to America, uh, and we're able to utilize those individuals for capacity building for our organization. Um, We would be really hard-pressed to run this organization without the help of our VISTAs. Uh, VISTA is an opportunity to be paid um, at a poverty level, um, but at the end of your year of service, you get a $5,500 education stipend. Wow. Um, so it's a great opportunity to build uh, experience in the real world. Um, we have employed six of our former VISTAs, um, as well as helped those VISTAs to be placed in other jobs in the community. Wow, awesome. Thank you, Christy. Jordan, VP of, of Programs, excuse me. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So it's a uh, jack of all trades, uh, master okay. of none uh, type of thing. No, but uh, when I started uh, going on six years now, I was exclusively in the Hunger Ministries uh, program. AIM has five major programs, okay. and, of course, there's sub-programs within those programs, but uh, five major ones. So I was in the, the Hunger Ministries, and uh, over the course of uh, almost six years and the last year and a half, I've been serving as a VP, so kind of over all the programs, just managing those and the staff. And um, again, I like to say I just I'm an employee of every one of the programs. Is kind of way I like to look at it instead of just overseeing everything. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so, what sort of experiences have been memorable or have stood out to you um, over the course of your time here, Dave? Um, I'm asked that question often, 29 years of doing this work, what's kind of that climax of Mm. of the time here at AIM? And I have to say that um, in 2011, we had a new editor come to the Anderson Independent Mail, and he started the 20 Under 40, where they recognized the top 20 leaders under 40 years of age. Um, The very first class, there were nine women, um, and of those nine, three were graduates of our Women and Children Succeeding Program. Um, And I think more impactfully, all three of those women came into our program homeless and are now recognized as community leaders. Oh, that's awesome. Well, for, for me, it's the same question, I guess. Okay, great. Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's just days like today. Uh, and then that may be a simple kind of an answer, but it's the truth. Um, uh, for instance, today we, I came into the office and uh, one of our programs, our pivotal support program, uh, which is uh, providing financial assistance, um, utilities, print, different stuff like that. We had a client uh, in which we had a mix-up of when the client, or specifically the landlord, was going to receive the check. Uh, he was of the uh, opinion that it was going to come in last week, and anyway, it was a, 
a mix up there. So I called the landlord and I said, Hey, I'll be glad to run this check personally out to you, uh, today. Um, obviously it's not in the mail, but I'll, I'll run it to you today. And he agreed. And, um, I subsequently found out that it was in Livonia, Georgia was where the landlord is. And so I called Christian. I said, Hey, I'm taking off up here. And, um, but you know, that's what we do. You know, uh, it's not about, Oh, we didn't sign up to, if it's only Anderson or something like that, uh, it's just what we do. I mean, that, that's what I love about AIM, and that's what AIM does every day. It's 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 finding the need, and it's ministering to the need, no matter the cost, no matter where it's at. And um, so it's days like today that are the most mem- uh, memorable. Man, that's cool. That is great. Uh, could you all tell us a little bit about how AIM was started? Um, AIM, the idea for AIM back in the late 80s, um, Anderson, like many communities around the southeast, uh, were losing our textile base. And so people that had quit school in the ninth grade and gone to work in the mill, all of a sudden were finding themselves without a job, without an education, and without any transferable skills. So the churches were being bombarded by people walking into the church office and asking for utility assistance, rent assistance, milk for my baby. And the churches were kind of throwing money at people and finally stepped back and said, whoa, wait a minute. Um, If we can come together uh, as the community of faith, getting past our denominational differences, um, we can more effectively and efficiently meet the needs of the community. Uh, That was the idea behind the ministry. It took about two years to put the organization together. Um, They hired me in March of 90, uh, and they said, we want to open next month. And I laughed at them. Um, I spent a couple of weeks uh, visiting other organizations similar to this in Hendersonville and Greenville and Spartanburg uh, to try to bring back pieces of those organizations that I felt would work here. Uh, The one benefit that I had was I had worked for crisis ministries prior to this, and we ran the United Way needs lines. So I knew where the resources were in the community and where the gaps were. Um, So that was the idea that this could be a clearinghouse, if you will, uh, for the people in the community of faith to serve the needs, uh, essentially being the vehicle through which the churches could minister to the hurting. Wow. That's awesome. So you mentioned, Jordan, a few minutes ago, you guys have a bunch of programs. Would you take us through kind of those right now, just a brief description, and then maybe what the future for AIM kind of looks like? Sure. So um, the way I always kind of look at AIM and how I try to describe it to people is um, it is this kind of continuum of care. So you have, you know, your, your basic of needs, you know, your housing and your, um, your food and, you know, the, the stability to stay in the house, your kind of financial piece. And so uh, that, that's kind of one section of AIM. Um, to me, it starts with food. Yeah. Um, in the hunger ministries, we serve about 750 families a month, give or take, wow. um, with uh, food packages. It's not prepared meals. It's food such as frozen meat, vegetables, uh, shelf-stable items that we package and we send out to the clients. Um, and so... Within that program, again, there's there's sub-programs within it. Um, during the summer, we have uh, our Summer Food for Kids program. Yeah. We go out to subsidized housing locations in Anderson County and provide uh, weekend food bags, essentially the same thing that these kids are getting at school if they want to take advantage. Yeah. Uh, but when they get out of school, statistics show that you know they're food insecure. They don't yeah. know where the next meal is coming from. So we try to uh, kind of supplement that. Um, and then you ha- also have a, uh, another basic kind of a need program, the housing program, which we were really excited about this last year of kind of how it's taken off. Uh, this is uh, essentially trying to keep people in their homes. 
uh, and this is trying to keep them in their home through uh, housing rehab. Um, we have an emergency repair program where uh, we kind of focus on those essential things in the house, HVAC units, roofs, um, of course, other things, plumbing, flooring, yeah. all those things. Uh, we're trying to keep people in their house. Um, and so that's one of those basic need programs. And also the Pivotal Support Program. It's a financial assistance program uh, with a high level of accountability. Uh, it's also been revamped in the last year. Uh, we operate on, on a you probably heard before, a, a, a hand up and not a handout uh, yeah. type of philosophy uh, with our assistance. And this program is, is no different. It's a high level of accountability to where we want to meet clients in their need. Uh, whether it be crisis or, 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 um, or whatever it have be. And we will assist, but there's things that, you know, we, we require, we recommend uh, budgeting and stuff like that that people follow through with. Uh, so there's basic needs, and it goes down to more of a, um, a kind of a, uh, educational uh, type programs. Um, the Women and Children Succeeding is no doubt probably the flagship program we just celebrated. Our annual event last uh, yesterday, oh, great success, but... Uh, this is a college support program for under-resourced moms uh, that are going back to school um, uh, with a minimum of an associate's degree. We provide intensive case management, professional development. Uh, obviously, a huge draw is uh, being able to provide child care, transportation expenses, stuff like that. Um, in this program, Chris, you can speak directly to it as founding it uh, 26 years out of the 30, 26 years. We've had 157 graduates that have received awesome. a diploma. That's graduated from this program. She mentioned uh, some of the uh, uh, of her most memorable moment in 2011. Those being recognized mm-hmm. uh, in the 20 under 40. If I'm not mistaken, all three of those were uh, wax graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is working on their PhD uh, right now, currently, and I think they've had three others that are still currently working or have already achieved that. So that program is just unbelievable as far as uh, actually coming in in a, in, a, in a time of instability and being self-sufficient. Yeah. Uh, and the last of which uh, program far as major uh, would be uh, kind of the Employment Pathways Workforce Development Programs. We're really excited about this program as well, so I'm kind of trying to transition all this into the future, the yeah. second part of your question. Uh, but right now we're doing some cutting-edge things in this program. Uh, we're working with uh, local businesses. Um, historically, we've worked with a manufacturer where we go in and kind of teaching traditional soft skills, but with some layers of, of uh, new pieces of 30 years of experience that we've had in dealing with uh, generational poverty. Uh, not just teaching soft skills, but uh, being able to teach and talk about the hidden rules, uh, hidden rules of the classes that we have. Um, really, this is uh, a matter of diversity, not racial diversity, but socioeconomic uh, diversity. Yeah. Uh, and so we're being able to have these conversations, not with just employees, uh, but with supervisors, HR professionals. Um, and so we're really, really excited of where this is going. Uh, but these are, you know, your more intensive educational mm-hmm. programs that kind of get beyond the, the basic needs program. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned hands up instead of hands out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um can you go into a little more detail of kind of what that means and how um, kind of that idea, that plan impacts generational poverty um, in a much different way, in a much better way? I'm going to defer to mm-hmm. Christy. As she okay. she was the one that really brought all this out, and it was her under her leadership that this philosophy you know, yeah. exists. So I'll let her kind of speak to that. Cool we want to do is we want to help people build their toolkit so that they can that leads folks to self-sufficiency people do not want to 
have a handout. I mean, really, people want to be able to take care of themselves and their family. Um, So building that that person's toolkit through um, soft skills, through any type of employment training um, can help them be able to take care of themselves and their families. Um, With what Jordan was talking about, we're really excited about our new initiative. We feel like it can be a true game changer for our the folks we serve for this community and for AIM. Uh, we've been working with uh, Dean Steve Nail, um, the dean of the business department at Anderson University, and he is very excited about this opportunity. It's really cutting edge. Um, what we're looking at, um, I sent a couple of our staff to a national soft skills training in Florida. So they're certified for a train the trainer. Um, they're taking the best practices and lessons learned from working with manufacturers um, with individuals that were at risk for termination due to absenteeism and tardiness. And those lessons learned overlaid with the national certification, along with what we have learned is really the hidden rules of the class system. Um, People in poverty operate differently than people in middle class. And the workforce system, the education system, they're all built on middle class rules. And so it's really bridging the communication gap between people that have been in long-term instability and people that have never experienced instability. They've been in long-term stability. Um, So helping those employers understand. So looking at this as a multifaceted way to um, help um, economic mobility through job stability is kind of the way we're looking at it. If we can keep people employed, we can help them escape that cycle of poverty. Um, So we're looking at a certification uh, from the university until we can have the data to apply for a national certification. Uh, But we can use this uh, in conjunctions with community colleges when they're doing just occupational skills training. We can do this in partnership with um, companies that are onboarding individuals. Um, And they can also purchase this as modules because it's a 12-module program. Um, And we just feel like if we can bridge that communication gap, um, people have a, a greater tolerance for decisions that people make that are not maybe that haven't grown up in the same environment they have and so they approach challenges and and opportunities differently than they do um so it's really cutting edge really exciting and uh, we're just thrilled that anderson university is a part of this awesome thank you and so the only thing i would add is that that is the future in my opinion uh, of this organization where we're going um the days of of just being a nonprofit, as far as it's defined and you know, in, in, in feeding people and paying bills, those things are great, and they will never go away. But that that cannot be all that defines a nonprofit, in my opinion, as we go forward. Yeah, that's good. What we'll be able to do with this is it'll be a revenue generator for our organization. So people will pay for our institutional knowledge that we bring to the table in developing this curriculum. So it will be an AIM curriculum. In fact, we're calling it the AIM High Soft Skills Curriculum. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, moving on. Uh, let's say somebody has a challenge finding a job, uh, and they would like to go back to school, but they don't have the time to go through the two four year program to get a degree. Uh, what's something that they can do to get back on their feet right now? Um. Well, it, the first step would be you know getting them here and us doing a, a full on assessment and uh, you know that entails a lot of different things and it's a case by case basis 
depending on the size of the family, um, depending on the expenses and the budget of the person. Um, luckily, we have wonderful partnerships with so many different agencies and, and uh, businesses in Anderson County uh, that we don't assume that we can do every single thing, nor do we assume that we have every single answer. We have a lot of them. And we could do a lot, but we uh, we have great partnerships that we're able to refer. So I would say the the, the first step would just be uh, them getting in here and us being able to, to hear the story and understand the logistics of the moving parts within their story because no doubt it's unique and and then we feel confident there's a there's a next step. You know there is a tomorrow. As Jordan says, we can connect them with other partners in the community that can provide. Um, we owe a. Um, we have a provider there that can actually pay for occupational skills training. Um, and we have a staff member that's located on Tri-County Tech's campus. So she helps with the case management. Uh, Tri-County Tech is the, um, they're the trainers. Um, they do that best. We're kind of the case managers. So we have a great partnership in referring. Also, vocational rehabilitation is a number, another of our partners that we can refer someone like that to. That's cool. So you mentioned before that, Nonprofits nowadays can't be defined simply as um, organizations that just deal with helping feed the homeless and things like that. How would you define AIM as an organization itself, and what makes it different from other nonprofits in this area? I think the comprehensiveness Mm -hmm. uh, of our organization is definitely the thing that makes it different, not just in this area, but overall we have looked for other organizations that are similar um, so I, I would I would definitely say being Absolutely. comprehensive. Absolutely, most uh, nonprofits certainly in this area, um, and I would I would venture to say you know uh, outside of this area, they focus on one thing, and that's that's a smart strategy, uh, but it also obviously it limits you uh, just by the philosophy. Most are really good at doing one thing, whether it be housing, whether it be food ministry, what, whatever it be, transportation. Uh, we do all of those things. And so you have yeah. you have a you know just a uh, a huge kind of conglomerate of uh, of different moving parts, and it's challenging, but we feel that um, it's the most efficient. You know, it's the most successful, the most impactful. Yeah. So, aim is certainly certainly unique. So you're meeting people where they are, and then you're moving them down. Hopefully, that continuum towards self sufficiency, because the majority of people that come here come in crises. And so we have to stabilize them first. And then, like I say, help them build that toolkit to move them to self-sufficiency. Another thing that Jordan's talking about with uh, nonprofits can't just operate like they used to uh, on donations. We have to diversify our base of funding, and we have to look for other creative opportunities to generate revenue that will support the entire organization. And I think AIM's done a pretty good job. Uh, We've had to be nimble. Uh, We've had to adjust what goes on here with what's going on outside in that environment uh, in order to continue to be relevant in the community. Yeah, so you mentioned that um, you kind of have to be a little diverse. What are some ways that maybe listeners can get involved in, whether it's volunteering, donating, what are some different ways that um, they can partner with you guys in the work to um, help out this community and beyond? Writing a check, number one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, we have uh, over 600 active volunteers here at AIM. Um, Sarah Ann Skelton is our volunteer coordinator, and she's done a fabulous job. 
um, not just engaging volunteers one-on-one, but in engaging groups, and that's the most challenging. We actually had the Clemson University football team and coaches here, all 120 wow. football players, uh, wow. for a day of service. Uh, we had a day where Electrolux uh, gave us 800 air conditioner units to okay. disperse in four to six hours. Um, so there are lots of opportunities um, to be involved, and as Jordan has alluded to, every day is different. Um, and so there are tons of ways uh, from mentoring in our Women and Children Succeeding program to stocking uh, the food pantry to picking up food on the weekends, um, just a, a, a variety of ways. And I'll let Jordan maybe share some additional ways that people can uh, be involved in the work that we do. Yeah, after you write the check um, that has a lot of zeros after it. <laughs> no, seriously, the first thing you need to do is we have a standing monthly tour Um is it the second or third? The third Wednesday of every month at 10. But that that doesn't matter. I mean, you, obviously, we love getting people in the big groups. Yeah. It's it's easier that way. Uh, so the third Wednesday of every month at 10 o'clock. But, it, you know, if you don't, you can email me. You can call me. Ask for Jordan Evans. We'll do a tour any time of the week. But when you do the tour, you know, you go through all of these buildings. We have six buildings. This literally is wow. a campus, almost this entire block. Wow. Um, over the 30 years, AIM has been able to accumulate. But you get to see all the programs live. You know, you get to see them in action. You get to see the clients here. Uh, and that's where you find your fit, you know. Um, we we certainly um, are, are a Christian organization, maybe not uh, officially, but unofficially. Um, and we just, we really believe and, and live by that the, the Spirit kind of leads you and He guides you. And when you get to tour and you see these, you, you know, it'll tug at your heart that this is this is where I identify this is where my yeah. skills are this is where my passion is so that's what I would say come and do the tour and see it live see it in action don't take my word for it see it and uh, I have no doubt that you'll find a place and we have a place for you I'd encourage everybody to go to our website um, aimcharity.org um, there's a lot of ways there's actually a tab on volunteering and how you can get involved um, stories on there mm-hmm. videos on there um, go to uh, our Facebook and like our Facebook and then you can follow the work that we do um, because there's something new and different every day here. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Um, You guys mentioned earlier that you just finished up an event, a fundraiser. Um, What are some of the annual events that you guys put on? We have four signature events every year and and we've kind of found our niche because we go to especially the corporate community and ask for corporate sponsorships and we go once. We don't go back to them over and over again and they really like that. Um, But um, if they do a package sponsorship, they have four events that they have eight um, tickets or tables at at each of our events. So our first event is a breakfast. Um, it's called our Heart for Helping Breakfast, and we celebrate um, the work that's done here through our volunteers and community partners, uh, and we're able to tell our story. Um, our next event is our all-in dinner and silent auction. Um, we started this several years ago when Coach Sweeney um, okay. and Kathleen did a luncheon for us and presented us with a nice $30,000 check. Wow. Uh, and we've continued that tradition. We have the best auction in all of Anderson County, great auction packages. Um, and we typically have a speaker related to Clemson. Uh, we are in Clemson territory. Uh, we've had some some great speakers. Tony Elliott, his testimony was moving. We had Leon Levine last year. So we've had some really dynamic speakers at the event. And, again, great auction. Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill does the food. Um, they're an amazing community partner. They do that gratis for us. Um, so it's a great event. And then our third event is called Tailgate with Attitude. 
Um, and it's just a fun party. It's a New York-style fashion show um, with vendors set up under tailgate tents. So you walk into the Civic Center, and it's like you're walking into a football game. Yeah. And then the last event is the one that we just completed, and that is our all-in dinner. I mean, sorry. It's our Hats Off to Women luncheon, and it's a themed table luncheon. And the competition is brutal. These women want to win, and um, (laughs) they really go all out in decorating tables. Many of them actually dress up in costume and come to the event. um, And we feature a success story from our Women and Children Succeeding program. Um, And our speaker this time, she's an entrepreneur, um, Benita Farmore. She just opened her own fitness center in the mall. It's called Chosen Fitness. And she just did an amazing job last year, um, yesterday. Um, And then the one special event that we will have next year is a gala, November 20, 2020, to celebrate 30 years of service to this community. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, That's about all the time we have today. But thank you guys again so much i know y'all are very busy um but thank you again for taking some time and telling us kind of what you guys do some experiences and kind of where aim has been and where they're going so thank you guys thank you for the opportunity thank you had a blast